generations, God unfolds a narrative. That's how I look at the Bible. God unfolding the narrative full of murder, manipulation, extortion, slavery, chains, painful background. And actually, uh, Paul, in the book of Romans, chapter, chapter, um, chapter 3, verse 23, he says that, uh, he tells us that people have sinned and have been separated from God. That's how hopeless the situation is. Actually, if we go further to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 12, Paul is saying that we, we are without God and without hope in a hopeless world. People are without God, separated from God, without hope, without God, and without hope in a broken world. Imagine in a broken world without God and without hope. That's what Paul says. And he goes on to look at how, this, how hopeless the humanity was stained with sin and how hopeless the situation was such that God and us were separated, totally separated. The sin between God and man was great such that God could not come near God. There was need of things to happen in between for man to come closer to God. Yet throughout the biblical narrative, we see another angle, another side to what God was doing. God was waving a promise. Throughout all this hopelessness, on the other side, God has been waving a promise. A promise of a savior who will come and redeem humanity and bring people closer to God. People that are going to be full of hope and full of life. Full of joy and full of peace. God is saying that on your own, you are hopeless, separated without me. But when you come closer, when the Son of God comes, when the Messiah comes, He's going to bring hope. He's going to bring all these things I've packed for you. And when you receive Him, your life is going to be transformed. You are going to be near with me. We're going to move together. And the Bible says that together with God, we can do exploits. How many of you believe that? Together with God, we can do dynamite. We can do great, great things. We can do things that the world has never heard of or even never seen. Together with God. Amen. And then in John chapter 1, now I like it. Now the promise has come. In John chapter 1 verse 14, look to what the Bible says. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, let me read it for you from the Message Bible. The Message Bible, it says here, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside out. True from start to finish. Okay? That's so amazing, isn't it? It's just so amazing picture of the, the, this very word. Jesus, the word. The Bible in verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1 of John, it says, In the beginning there was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Nothing existed that existed without him. You know, before the beginning, there was Jesus. There was the word of God that created the beginning. Now, in verse 14, he says that this very word, the creator of heaven and earth, he did not want to stay away from the creation, his creation. The Bible says that he came. 
And this word became flesh. Now the message Bible says the word became flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. I am flesh and blood, right? So the word became man, became human. So God had to come down to tabernacle, to stay, to dwell with human, to become a man, to become a human, so that he can level up with man, so that he can understand, so that he can live, so that we can come near with him, so that we can dwell together with him. God did not want to separate himself from us. God did not want to stay away from us up there in heaven, wherever it is. But God always has been wanting to live in us, to live with us, to be among us, to stay together with these people so that he can build that loving relationship with people. You know, the coming of Jesus makes my heart really my mind broken. I cannot just comprehend such love. Such that God had a package for you and me. And he did not want to give that package to the angels to come and bring it to you. He did not want to bring that package to any agent so that they can bring it to you. He packaged it in himself. <laughs> that package he had, the package of peace, the package of hope, the package of everlasting life. He put it in himself. And he was that package that came down on earth. And the Bible says, and the word became flesh. And the word dwelt among us. We saw the glory of the Father as of the Son, generous inside out. That's what our God can do. I find that so fascinating. Like God becoming man for my sake. All that to just save Sylvester. All that to just save you and me. God had to come down. Just imagine President Lungu promises you something. A brown envelope and say, hey, Harry, I'm going to bring you an envelope one day. I'll send, maybe he promises, and then you're beginning to look forward. You're beginning to be so hopeful, isn't it? That that brave envelope is coming, or maybe that gift, that promise is coming. And the least that you can expect in your mind is the president himself to come down to give you that gift. The, the, what we can expect is the president to send maybe the minister, the PS, the mayor. He can even send some cabinet ministers, maybe even the, some policemen or the soldiers. Who are you? Send even the soldiers to come and bring that gift to you. Okay? Now imagine, or oh the what? Or oh the cadres. Or <laughs> oh the cadres themselves just coming like, yeah, to the share anymore, not to let the gift, you know, like, we have brought you a gift. What's our share, the commission, you know? And then now imagine worse, the worst of the situation. Now a president comes, the president himself comes to your yard and say, hi, I am knocking. He starts knocking on your door. Like open up for me. And when you open up for him, he comes in you, in your house, and he dwells with you and delivers a gift to you. I, I, I want to believe that will be on social media. <laughs> that will be all over Twitter, YouTube, and all over the media, isn't it? Now, this is the picture I have. God was waving a promise to you and me. The promise of life. You know, in John chapter 10, verse 10, he says, I have come so that they may have life and they have it plentifully in abundance. Then he brought that package of life to you and me. He did not send the angel Gabriel. He did not send Lucifer. He did not send anybody. He came himself. He became human. 
so that you can see him. You can touch him. You can reason with him. You can feel him. And they saw him full of glory, full of truth, full of grace. And he said, hey, I want to be your friend. In chapter 1 of John verse 12 says, those that received him, who welcomed him, they were given the power, the right to become sons and daughters of God. Because God became human so that you and me can have that communal relationship with him. I find it like God could do all that just for me. Ooh, what a privilege. What an humbling blessing. God becoming man, all that just for me. All that just for you. God loves us so much. Now, in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, look at what God promises. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, the Bible says, uh, in the Message Bible, it says that, watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel in Hebrew, which means God with us. So God is saying, this is how I'm going to come to deliver my gift, my package to you. I'm going to come through a human birth. I'm going to have human birth. I'm going to be raised up as a human. I'm going to come in a baby form. And this baby will be born, and the name will be given will be Emmanuel. It starts by saying Jesus as a human name, meaning God saves. That's what the name Jesus means. And this Jesus is going to be an anointed one. He's going to be Christ in him. The savior of the world. And then you are going to name him Emmanuel. Which means God with us. You know, I just begin to look at the human life that God was going to adopt. God becoming a human. Living a human life. And when I say human life, I, I, I guess you understand, you understand better. Human life is full of good and bad. It's full of both packages. You know, it's never always like on the mountaintop. Then God had to become human and have that human life experience. Not only that, God was going to eat human food. <laughs> if he was born in Zambia, he was going to eat in Shima. Uh -huh. He was going to be eating in Shima like every day for, for lunch and maybe, I don't know. Whatever would have been his. Okay? Not only that, God was going to be using human transport. He would walk, Jesus would walk on feet, like for miles and miles. Only once in his lifetime, this guy even managed to have a donkey, a young donkey. God was going to use human transport. And also, he was going to, he was going to become human. He was going to be hungry. He was going to feel hunger. Oh, all that just for me. God was just waiting something so wonderful. And he wants us to look at that and receive it with hope. I want to tell you that don't give up hope because God is with us. Don't give up hope because God is with us. But the point is, God did all this just to bring hope to you and me. Just to show us how much God loves us. Just to bring to us the understanding that when we are with God, we will, be, we will live a life full of hope. 
Hope doesn't give up. Hope gives us a reason to see tomorrow. Hope makes us to hold on to something with confidence, knowing that God is capable and is able to do exceedingly and beyond what we can even request or even imagine. Never give up hope, knowing that God is with us. I want you to respond when I say Emmanuel, you say God with us. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Ah, let me put it the other way. God with us. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So don't lose hope. The reason we never should lose hope, because we understand and we know that. It's not, our hope does not uh, come from us. Our hope does not come from how much we need to possess. Our hope does not come from the material, from the knowledge, from high class life or low class life. Our hope is stored up in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. When you invite him in your life, he begins to make everything new for you. He begins to just revive whatever was dead. He begins just to wave up a promise, a hope, and peace, and joy in our lives. Hope doesn't give up. Are you going to give up? Are you going to give up? We have a reason never to give up because Christ lives in us. God on your side. Oh, man, you can achieve so much. So I'm looking at the hope that Jesus came to bring. He came to bring the package, and that package is full of hope. And I'm looking at the twofold or two ways of the hope that Jesus brought. The twofold hope that Jesus came to bring. The first side of hope is that Jesus brought hope for the present. He brought hope for the present. The hope that Jesus brought it's not just a hope that we can look back to like, oh, it happened. But the hope that Jesus brought is hope for today. Hope to live by every day. It's hope for the present. Why hope for the present? So that we know that we will be redeemed. We are with God. We are not by ourselves. I was going through uh, the football clubs and their motto or their slogan. And I loved what Liverpool says. Are we here, Liverpool? <laughs> I love the slogan for Liverpool. It says, never walk alone. If they can say never walk alone, they know that we always have people to cheer us, to celebrate us. Now I'm bringing it to you and me. We are never alone. God is with us. We are never alone. We are never without hope. There may be situations making you to lose upon hope. Hey, that's not from God. I want to encourage you. Hold on to hope because God is going to change everything for you. God is going to make everything beautiful for you. <laughs> so the Bible in Colossians chapter 1, 26 and 27, Paul is talking to the Colossians that there, were, there was a mystery that was hidden. The mystery that should have brought joy and hope to human, but it was hidden. But when Christ came, that mystery was revealed. And he says, and this mystery is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We can look forward to the future with a smile because we know that I have hope for tomorrow because Christ lives in me. He is there today, tomorrow, and forever. He never changes. 
He says, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the beginning of your life. And when you come to the end of this life, Christ will be there welcoming you to say, come you faithful, good and faithful servant. Let us continue life in eternity. Let us continue life in eternity. He brings hope for the future. He brings hope for the present life. The second part of hope is not just hope for the present. It is also hope for the future. The hope that Christ brought is not just for the past. It's not just for the present. It's also hope for the future. And hope for the future tells us we'll be redeemed. Hope for the present, it shows us that we are never alone. So hope for the future is just bringing in the picture that even when I come to the end of my life, in this life, Christ is there for me. He is there for me. He is there welcoming me. He is there smiling and saying, hey, hey, it's not yet over. It's not yet over. There is still more for you. There is still more that I have for you. It is not over. Are you in a situation that maybe is bringing up anguish and agony, so much pain in your life? Such that maybe you have lost hope. Some people go through terrible times, maybe in a relationship, such that they hope never to get to try alone. Maybe others have failed before and they, res they, they, they just resolve to never trying alone. Others give up on living. Others take their own lives. Others, they, they cannot even hope in anything good. I want to invite you today. To come to Jesus and have your hope renewed. I want to invite you this month to come and receive the package, the promises of God that he has promised and brought through Jesus Christ. The year is coming to an end and the year has come to an end. Maybe you had things that you planned for. Maybe you had things that you had lined up to do this year and you don't see those things coming to pass. And you are trying to get into another year with this despair in your heart, with hopelessness in your heart, it's not yet over. It's not yet over. God is with us. Emmanuel is with us. He wants to renew hope in our lives. And we are from 40 days of prayer as a church. Maybe there were things that you were praying for, things that you were circling, and you, you haven't yet seen those things happen yet. I want to encourage you that it's not yet over. Keep circling. Keep praying. Keep believing God for those things. Because he's faithful. He has promised that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is with us. In Matthew 28 verse, uh, verse 20b, he says that I am going to be with you day after day after day. Up to the end of the world. Are there things in your heart? Are there things, maybe is there a pain in your heart? Is the world telling you how to do and how good you are not? Are there thoughts maybe of the past? Are there thoughts maybe of this year? Are there things that are really bringing your life down? God, Jesus came to bring hope. And he is here. Jesus is here. He's calling for you and me to come. And dine with him to come 
and celebrate with him. To come and receive that embrace. To come and receive that hope. To come and just live with him. And to come and see. He says, try me. Test and see that I am good.